you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Good Morning Football. We are presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're also live here in New York City. It's Tuesday, October 24th. Week 7 is complete. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Pete Schrager, Jason McCourty. Yesterday, my people at the table, you were all sporting the jerseys and the sweatshirts and the, and the, and the show gear. What, what happened? It's your day, Jamie. Your day. It's a Monday thing. Go ahead, girl. Come on now. Purple. Look at this beautiful bud grand patch. My only regret. There is some judgment on this show about having the last name of your own name you on the rock jersey. It, girl. I'm going to. You rock I don't. Head. I've never had the opportunity. So like this it's feels awesome. right. But I wish it was 24 for Cameron Bynum. He had Olaf, oh. We didn't really have personalized Division Three women's basketball jerseys <laughs> in Southern Minnesota. I wish we did. Just the number, no name. Just the just the number, and it was probably like a 10 year old yeah, hand me down number. The, the the Iron Dawn number was all scratchy. Yeah. yeah. No, this well, is the Cameron stitched. Bynum jerseys, I think, are going to Canton, so You're like right. we won't be able to get those. Cameron Bynum, you know him? You're going to learn about him in this highlight. Let's hear it. Here we go. KOC gets the win. Purdy Cousins, unbelievable guys. The Vikings win to get to three and four. They're alive. Alive. The have lost two straight. I don't know what we do with them now. Let's hear from both quarterbacks, starting with number eight for your Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Dam Cousins. Yeah, obviously there's a great feeling in the locker room right now, and, and we've got a short week, and we go on the road in the division, and so um, they don't get easier from here. You just, you know, we talk about trying to go 1-0 each week and win or lose. You kind of compartmentalize it, put it away, and go to the next one, and that's what we'll do. But, uh, um, you know, we got to show we're a mature football team that after this can get right back to work and, and get the next one. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Um, you know, two in the row. Um it's the NFL. You know, every team is good. It doesn't matter who you're going against, what the record is, or anything like that. We didn't come into the week taking this team lightly. We knew it was going to be a hostile environment. It was going to be a great challenge. Our defense was really good. Um, Kirk Cousins is really good. So it's like, you know, for us, we came in with the right mindset. We just got to execute better. But for me, and, you know, a second one in a row hurts, obviously, but we just got to be better and um, got a big one ahead this week, too. So. Yeah, someone unplugged Brock Purdy and then supercharged the Minnesota Vikings in that defense last night in the whole team. Minnesota improves to three and four. It's two straight wins for the Vikings and two straight losses for San Francisco. It's kind of poetic. Uh, Vikings, massive win over the 49ers at home last night. So different than how the season started for the Vikings. Kyle, where do you take us in this Kirk game? Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. I, hello, my friend. We meet again. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Where should we begin? <laughs> how about we begin that? Hold on a sec. Whoa, whoa. This is Monday Night Football. Yeah. He, he, he's playing against the Niners. Uh-huh. He doesn't have Justin Jefferson. He's definitely going to fall on his face and throw 15 interceptions and blow it, and everyone's going to laugh at him. We've been told that. It's been brought down from the stone tablets on high. He will That's land a just trade. what happens. Didn't happen. 
Bosa didn't touch him. Fred Warner didn't pick him off. Telenoa Hufunga didn't have some crazy play on him. Kirk Cousins had one of his best games in primetime ever. Cam Akers afterwards. Kirk Cousins has that bleeping dog in him. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Cam Akers just got there, knows it. Yeah, he knows it already. <laughs> yeah, when they got the dog, he can sniff you pick it out. up the scent. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was kind of waiting, almost wanting Cousins to give us the same stupid punchline from the same the same uh, damn sitcom we've seen for years. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're alive, and here's what we do. Here's what we do. You have to do it when a team gets a surprise and win to go to three and four. Check the schedule. Well, here we, we go. go. Bring it up. Bring up the Viking schedule. Look, All right. Just look at it. Packers, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, bye. Raiders. I mean, is this team going to win the NFC North? Is this team going to be the one seed in the NFC? I'm joking. That is a beautiful schedule. Beautiful. Anthony, our musical director, is on it as well with the... With the- oh, yeah. All right. Three and four. In the club. Just beat the Niners. <laughs> Point out the game there that you're like, oh, they can't oh, win that no. one. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Kirk Cousins, happy for you. Proud of you. Uh, really, really cool. Really cool. So we're just going to do a parade for the Vikings. Like, yes, did it. sir. They're they back. did it. They're back. I'll Not eat it back. if you they need me to. They did it. I just gave them the one seed. It's it. They got it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shout out one of our producers, Adam Lorenz. He did the Monday on Your Mind yesterday. All last week, all he talked about was, I think the Vikings can do it. I think the Vikings can do it. And we all were like, mm, I don't know about yeah, that. No. They did it. They yeah, performed they it. last night. Mm-hmm. To your point, Kirk Cousins was unbelievable. It seemed like he converted every single third down throughout the game. But I want to give some love to Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. He gets there. This is his first year there. And I remember seeing him before their game against Philly on Thursday night. And he goes to me before the game. I'm throwing the kitchen sink at him. I'm doing okay. stuff that you've never seen. Oh. He goes to Minnesota. Yeah, they didn't win that game. But he's installed his defense, and he's got these guys believing. And his defense isn't always conventional. We saw in the McCaffrey touchdown, everybody's at the line of scrimmage, and he's coming with what we call a max blitz. But what I've been so impressed by, I've played under Flores, I've watched his defenses from afar. He's a guy who loves to play a ton of man-to-man. You're watching his Vikings defense this year, they're playing all zone, they're bringing pressure, and he's been able to work with what he has. He hasn't come there and brought in a ton of guys. Byron Murphy's a guy they brought in from Arizona. Marcus Davenport, they brought him from the Saints, who's been injured for most of the year. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing is he's taking what Minnesota's already had on their roster, a Cam Bynum, a Harrison Smith, okay. all of these guys, Ivan Pace, they brought in as an undrafted rookie, and he's putting them in positions to succeed. And those guys are playing with confidence. They held this 49ers offense to 17 points. They stopped them only 65 yards on the ground, so they shut them down and they play one hell of a football game. And this Vikings defense is starting to turn the corner and they're starting to really understand the scheme. And you can see it out there. Shout out to Cam Bynum. He had one hell of a game, too. Yeah, he sure did. And the Vikings defense was their Achilles heel last year. They mm-hmm. won a lot of games, but it was like they're not going to mm-hmm. win anything of significance mm. because their defense holds them back. Their defense has been awesome the last two weeks. You showed that schedule. I, I look at that. T- Justin Jefferson's out. Yeah. And like It could have been very easy for this Vikings team to just say, you know what, pack it up, let's go. Okay, Cousins. Final year of a contract. Yeah. Let's take some calls. Maybe we make some proactive calls when anyone's looking to take them. They did just the opposite. You lose your best player in Justin Jefferson, and you say, well, season's not done yet. Let's go. I give Kevin O'Connell a ton of credit. Yeah. I think that team yesterday came out there and fought. And this is a guy who last year, in his first year, they came out of the gates. They won a bunch of one-score games. And this year went as bad as it could to start losing a bunch of close games and a lot of head-scratching decisions. And, well, what, where's this team go? Uh, they've turned it around. Kyle, to your point, they're alive, especially in a wide-open NFC. And I'll shout out the offensive line. Um, Mm -hmm. 
49ers defensive line, we we rave about, you know, obviously Eric Armstead and Bosa and Hargrave, yeah. and then you've got Laws, and then you've got, of course, Fred Warner. That group limited the 49ers to six quarterback hurries the entire game and zero sacks. So shout out, we do this. Six hurries? Hurries. hurries. They, he was only rushed six times. Dalton Risner, okay, who started. Then you had Bradbury, Ed Ingram, Christian Darisaw, Brian O'Neill, we see you. And Jamie, I'll end this on an anecdote for okay. you to take it wherever you want to go. Okay. My son Mel is on a, a youth basketball team. One of the children's his name is Oscar. Oscar's dad and I are talking. He says, yesterday on the show, all the folks on the show are wearing jerseys. You're not wearing a jersey. Why didn't you wear a jersey? I said, I only break out the jersey when I feel like it's personal and there's something that I want to just show that team some love and show those team colors. Erdal, you didn't only wear the jersey. You're wearing, turn around, the personalized jersey, a rare find in the closet of jerseys. You must really be feeling yourself this morning. I had options. Yesterday I had the sweatshirt. It was it was a giant sweatshirt. I get that. People were kind of on my case because the Giants beat the Vikings last January at home on the playoff yeah. game. But it was really more of a friend's thing. It was a, from a friend's episode, yeah. and that's really where I cook. It's not as much the Giants thing. This is where I cook. Bud Grant is who I praise to. And that is not a in the club. It's the yaller horn. Okay, that's what you hear when the Vikings What's it called? Yaller horn. The yaller horn. Yeah, yeah, Dave Winfield last night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Right. And uh, it must be trademarked or something because I was re-listening to the highlight this morning on my drive-in. It was just better than music at this point. And NFL Plus drops the yaller horn out of the highlight. I don't know if it's trademarked or something. I was like, wait, is my audio not working? I want to hear Joe Buck's touchdown calls. Hmm. No, they just drop it out of the highlight. Growing up, Vikings fans. Fan. Yep. What's your hometown? Tell the viewers. Bloomington, Minnesota. Okay. And Bloomington, so this Minnesota. Is one of those I was classically raised on Chris Carter and Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper and the heartbreak that ensued. Right. And really, for the, the entirety yeah. of my 90s, yeah. um, uh, Anderson, I cried into the back of my couch when Morton Anderson missed that kick against the Saints. Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson, excuse Sorry. me. Uh, this is about Anderson. his name. This is whose name we don't Sorry. mention. Do we know how, do we, can we do it? Like, I don't we know how to do it. You just got to start slow. You got to start slow. Get up, Jay. Get your Brian hands Flores up. Brian Flores is, is your guy. Brian Flores is your guy. Do it for Flo. Do it for Flo. They just beat the Niners. Go faster. Go faster. Go faster. Go faster. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm sweating. Personalized. Jamie made us Jersey. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I raised your hands up and down. You were just shouting out Brian Flores. <laughs> Hell of a defense. Also, we just want to say Jordan Addison's name. We're going to talk about him. It was We would be remiss. I would be no remiss if I didn't say it. No doubt about it. Uh, Mike Garofolo, how are you this morning? A huge deal Great. before Monday Night Football went down. Great. Uh, Titans-Eagles, what happened again? Kevin Byard, what happened again is Howie Roseman made a trade at the trading deadline. And Kevin Byard, the safety, comes over from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, The Eagles sending Terrell Edmonds as well as fifth and sixth round picks to fortify their secondary. We knew they were in the market for safeties. They had talked to a couple of teams uh, about a few options. Some of them, including some younger guys who may have needed a contract extension either now or in the near future. Well, the Eagles get Kevin Byard this year for just a little bit over $2 million because the Titans had paid the bulk of his salary with a uh, renegotiated signing bonus back in the summer. Byers got one more year left on this deal after uh, this year at $14 million. That can always be altered. But for the Eagles, this makes a lot of sense financially this year. It also makes a lot of sense because he's a reliable veteran that they can have on the back end of that secondary. They are banged up at the safety position. Reed Blankenship and Justin Evans uh, are injured at this point. And Terrell Edmonds, who went 
to Tennessee in this deal. We saw him get uh, Tyreek blow right, uh, Tyreek Hill blow right past him on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. So Howie Roseman saying, I need to strengthen the safety position. They did that with Kevin Byard, who was born in Philadelphia and now returns to Philadelphia, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Mm, another uh, son of the city returns to Philadelphia, Mike Garofalo. We know that you know your own kind. Thank you very much. Talk to you in a little bit. Jason, you were teammates with Bayard. Uh, I, I texted you right away when I saw it, and he must be thrilled. Oh, he's fired up. I texted him yesterday, and it's bittersweet for him. This, yeah. We call him the mayor in Tennessee. Uh, he went to Middle Tennessee State. He's been there for eight years. He's a guy that's involved in the community. And on top of that, he's been a highly, highly productive football player for the Tennessee Titans. I think it's 27 interceptions the most since he's come into the league. So this is a guy that's not just a player that you're bringing in. This is an all-pro safety that is really good, and he's a smart football player. I was in Tennessee with him his rookie year when he came in and was able to learn each safety position, and you could plug him anywhere because he understood the defense to that extent. So he's a guy that they're going to plug in in Philly. He's going to get in right away and learn the defense. I was texting him yesterday, and we were laughing. said it's bittersweet, but I know you're excited. He was born in Philly, raised in Philly before moving to Georgia. He said he's already all week. He's excited for the new chapter in his life. He's blasting Freeway, Cassidy, and Benny, Beanie Siegel. Any Philly people, you know those rappers. He has it blasting in the headphone in the airport on his way. He's ready to go. He's excited to be another addition to that secondary. Hmm. I talked to Bayard a couple weeks ago in London before the Titans-London game, and he gave me a great Jason McCourty story that I have not shared with you yet, oh, so we're okay. going to talk about it. I want to hear about Freeway. Okay. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Taylor back. He's going to take a shot down the right side for Hines, who makes a one-handed catch. Fires it into the end zone for Waller. Touchdown, Giants! Steps up, dumps it underneath, completes it to Barkley. Runs out of a tackle. He's to the 10. He's to the 5. He's in for the touchdown! Saquon from 32 yards out! Giants football? Really? Are we talking? Yes, we're talking about the Giants coming off a big win. It's a game called We In or We Out. I start with a statement, and you guys and viewers at home. We're going to have a Giants-Vikings NFC title game, baby. Very Come well on might. now. Oh. If you watch this show. Well Let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian Dable had no new update on the health of quarterback Daniel Jones yesterday. He missed last game because of a neck injury. In the meantime, Tyrod Taylor had the Giants fight until the very end. They win over the Commanders over the weekend. And here's my statement, guys, because New York Sports Radio is bubbling up as the Jets play the Giants. This is like a big deal in New York yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good conversation topic based on salary, based on level yeah. of quality of play, and based on what happened this offseason. Statement is this. Regardless of Daniel Jones's health, Terod Taylor should get the start for New York in Week 8's game against the Jets. Are we in? Are we out? Jason Ooh, this is definitely a topic. I was at my uh, kids' flag football practice yesterday, and this is all me and the dads were talking about. I'm going in, and I'm saying, if you're Dable, if you're Joe Shane, let's just give Daniel Jones as much time as he needs to become 100% healthy. We don't want to put him out there. We're just trying to protect 
our franchise quarterback. So we're going to shelf him for a little while because we believe in our backup in Tyrod Taylor. That's the story that we're selling when we're talking about it in the media. When we get in there and we get behind closed doors, management, we're like, Tyrod Taylor gives us the best chance to win the game right now. You look at the Giants on Sunday, Darren Waller's involved. Jalen Hyatt, the rookie they drafted, like who's an absolute <laughs> burner. They threw the ball deep to him and he made plays. Saquon was his normal Saquon self. So you look at this offense, you look at this team, I look at it for Brian Dable. If you're in the locker room and you've just witnessed what Tyrod Taylor did, how do you tell the team, like, all right, we're going to hand it back over to Daniel Jones when he just had a performance like he did, throwing two touchdowns, no interceptions, and helping his team to a victory? I feel like you have to keep Tyrod Taylor in at this point. There seems to be a different vibe with the Giants, like on the sideline, like a little bit of different Mm -hmm. juice when Tyrod is in there. Uh, But I'm I'm out on this. I'm out. I'm out. He won one game. They scored 14 points. The week before, they lost and they scored nine. The first touchdown in the first half of the season. Oh, yeah. It's true. Here, here's, here, we, we've been down the road with Tyrod for a long time. Good okay, point. I look at him a lot like he's sort of Fitzpatrick adjacent. He pops up. He's on some different team. He shows up. He comes off the bench. He brings juice. He brings mm-hmm. energy. Oh, wow, he can play. It, we, we know how this ends. I love Tyrod. Great guy. It doesn't end well. There's always a surge and then it tapers off. Daniel Jones, guys, if you said anything negative about Daniel Jones all summer or last fall, don't you talk about Daniel Jones. He's incredible. We're going to win with him. We're going to pay him. Giants fans are ready to cut you if you would say. Now, all of a sudden, like, he's just done? We're done with him? If he is cleared by doctors to play in this game, you go with Daniel Jones. He's your franchise quarterback. Play through it. And if the other guys respond better to Tyrod, your professionals respond better to that guy. Mm -hmm. He is going to be your quarterback for a long time. I love Tyrod. We know how the story ends. That story has 10 chapters we've already paid for. We have to read it. You have to read it. That's, that was exactly where I, I was going to go. You, how, we don't know how this is going to end. And the Daniel Jones ending could be very expensive for the studio that the production is putting on. I'm going in on this. A lot of it is because of the health. I didn't really feel like a true like New York, New Jersey person until I started reading the New York Post on the right. Yeah. Like, you got to check in from time right. to time. Steve Serby in the yep, Post. Yep. Uh, Paul Schwartz had this yes. one. This is a great first okay. sentence to this article. There are no two words when thrown together that can inject a virus into the veins of a team with more lethal impact than quarterback controversy. Yes! Get after it. Now, Paul Schwartz then goes on to say you should leave Daniel Jones in when he is healthy, but I am going in on Tyron Taylor. I think he's, you got to get him back, but I also like the venom in the veins. I like injecting quarter. I like controversy. I like competition, and whatever was happening with Daniel Jones before this all went down, the Giants weren't right, and no matter what Tyron Taylor has done the last two games, I don't care if his chapter is one more page. I don't care if Daniel Jones is ten, is ten more chapters. Something had to get right with Daniel Jones this season. Last year was great. It earned him a lot of money, but the, things were awry before this injury came up. He needs time to get right, and the players maybe I, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm leaning on Tyra Taylor for a little bit longer. Okay, so that's two to one. I, I actually, usually I'm like the, the Switzerland. person of calm, the person Switzerland. of in Switzerland. Yeah. They looked alive on Sunday. They looked alive against Buffalo. They came to play. They looked really flat those weeks beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I would just say from an emotional standpoint, to your point, we're going to wait for Daniel to be 100%, 110%, whatever you want to sell it. He's our guy. Externally. He's going to be our guy eventually, but with the season still hanging in the balance here, maybe we ride Tyrod a little bit longer. And to your point, like, 
Colt McCoy, Jacoby Brissett. There's a long history of these guys. guys. Perfect. You throw them in, you want to root for them, and the guys play for them, and that is Tarot Taylor. It always has been in his career. All right, this one might be a little bit more serious, so we're going to take it to All another. Right. Oh. Everyone at home, I understand if you're like, enough with the silly Giants, New York tough. I'm in this other city. Okay, I get it. The Broncos got their first home win of the season on Sunday, and head coach Sean Payton celebrated the only way he knew how. What do you got? And that was going out for some post-game sushi. Take a listen to Sean Payton in what was a very vulnerable and, I think, relatable post-game press conference comment. Sometimes it's hard to it's hard to be pleased or not upset. You know, you want to play your perfect game, and that was a good win for us. And yet I'm driving home last night, you know, heading to get sushi. I don't like sushi. And... <laughs> finding myself like circling around the parking lot, like, all right, why, why can't I be happy? Well, you're searching for that perfect game. And so, um, I'm just that way. I'm, I'm sometimes, you know, I'm going to wear my emotions on my sleeve, whether it's defense or offense. So it's actually a very revealing thing about, I think the head coach, in general, and also the coaching life. Like, you're just driving around in a parking lot, Not empty, fulfilled. just searching for existential meaning. Like, it's actually very dark what he was saying. <laughs> and yet, I want to go to the sushi comment. Nice. Um, he he's so, just drops it in there and is like, I was going to get sushi. I don't like sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, which means someone in his house is probably like, go get the sushi. And he's like, all right, I'm getting the sushi, honey. Mm-hmm. Um, my comment, got post-game sushi. Mm-hmm. Are we in or we out, Jason? <laughs> Oh, shout out Sean Payton. It's a beautiful thing that kids and families wanting sushi. When I was a kid, if we could get fast food on the weekends, it would have been amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now my oldest daughter, all she asks for is sushi. Uh, I'm so in. So true. After a game, you're starving. Whatever's there, whatever's available. In Sean Payton's case, if it possibly could make you a little bit happier if you like the sushi, then I'm all for it. Um, go get the sushi. Uh, get out of the parking lot. Go get the sushi. Get home. I'm all for it. Go get the sushi. I have no, I have no problems with sushi. Mm. I, I mean, I, I've never been more in on any topic we've done in this. Post-game. Okay. I've heard you, yeah. Post-game, pre-game, mid-game. <laughs> Pre- ah. Pre-game? <laughs> One o'clock start, pre-game sushi. I, I don't give We got a perfect food oh. here. You got lean protein. Okay. You got carbs. You got healthy fats. There's a reason human beings have been eating sushi for 10,000 years, guys. It is the perfect food. And when he said, I don't like sushi, like the sushi nation drew their swords. <laughs> like that was, that was way worse than what he said about Nathaniel. Hackett, like way worse. (laughs) I don't care about that. It's just talking trash. Don't you come for sushi. And Jason taps into something amazing. This young generation is crazy. Calvin, my nine-year-old, his favorite food is sushi. On his birthday, I show up at the lunchroom and I bring him sushi. And I come over to the lunch table with the other nine-year-olds. I'm like, now you guys, you know, this is a little gross, but Calvin likes it. And they're like, no, can we have some? Like all the Braxtons and Paxtons love, (laughs) they love sushi. (laughs) A little row on it? Yeah, a little row right on the top. I'll mess with some Spanish mackerel. I like some Ono. I will get it completely raw over rice. None of that deep-fried nonsense Americanized sushi. Nothing with mayonnaise is all over it. Japanese 5,000 years ago tradition. I'm into that. Pre-game, post-game, mid-game, anything. I'd do it like Mark Sanchez with a hot dog. I would have right there on the sideline. That's it. Sushi. 
Oh, my God. You bring it to the lunch table? You're the yes. coolest dad ever. I'm a pretty cool dad, yeah. yeah. I have a cool yeah. job. It's, yeah, it's, it's right. Cool. Yeah. God, cool. and a little overdose of sodium doesn't hurt any nine-year-old. So good. I know, so just good. nice and puffy. I love wasabi, um, doll. Come I'm on. I'm out on this. I'm out on this. You're after you a are... game. I know. I love sushi. Yes. After a game, if I were a professional athlete, I need mass quantities of food. I can't eat sushi fast oh, enough after a game. Post-game sushi is very specific. Emotions have been running high. Your blood pressure has been spiking. Your heart rate has been going. You are running on empty. You need mass, you need steak, you need mashed potatoes, you need broccoli. You need a Thanksgiving meal, essentially, is what you need. Sushi, you just you can't num 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 it enough. Like, Monday through Saturday, yes. Sunday after a game, I'm out. I once had sushi from the Port Authority bus terminal. Talk about it. It was delicious. Oh, yeah. Let's How go. How much weight did you miss sushi? You hear like, oh. You made you, it back. I made, I, I'm alive and well. Look at me. I look well fed. Um, Crab with was, a K? Oh, dude. It was great. <laughs> uh, I'm with this, and I think, I feel like in the offseason, we need to do a segment with Sean Payton. We're going back to the okay. homeland. We're going to Japan. We're taking We're Sean to Payton to Japan. Right. Oh. We are going to have some sushi, and the NFL Network is going to open up the budget. Okay. The four of us oh. are going to go. International's our priority, guys. Hey. Four of us and Sean Payton. Yep. We're teaching a lesson on the history of sushi and why you should appreciate Opening and love the budget, the meal. Baby. Let's Probably go. Just, I've never go. been. Probably just yeah. ask him to foot that bill. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time for Game Changers, presented by our friends at Fidelity Investments. And for the Game Changers segment, we head to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where our guy Scott Pioli is on remote from the LSU Tigers building. Scott, we know you have an article out today on NFL.com about when we might have an opportunity to see the first woman become an NFL general manager. There's one person that you have top of mind. Who do you think would be a great fit in the NFL as a general manager? So, Peter, just backing up a little bit, the question I was asked is, when do I think we'll have the first NFL GM? And my answer to the question was simply, we should have had one already. And the person I talk about in this article primarily is Dawn Aponte, who works at the league office. Many of you know Dawn and have seen her during different times in at games, but also Looking at Dawn and knowing Dawn, I started working with Dawn in 1997. She was a staff accountant at the New York Jets when I was working as the pro personnel director. You know, Dawn has spent time with individual clubs at the league office. She's an accountant. She's a lawyer. But she's also worked alongside very closely with so many of the great football minds in this industry. As a matter of fact, I talk a little bit in this story about how Bill Parcells hired her when he went to Miami. Dawn is so much more than just an executive. She understands the game. She knows the game. She knows team building. So she, in my opinion, is someone that should have gotten an opportunity a long time ago. You know, when you look at her resume and her experience and her proximity to how football operation is run, it's really second to none and someone that should have been considered a long time ago. Scott, truth be told, when I found out that this was the conversation we were having with you this morning, it made me think of what happened last week in Major League Baseball. Then that was already the mm. question that was laid out for me. And, and with Kim Ang, mm. it's interesting what happened with the Marlins. The report was that she is stepping away from the Marlins because the team wanted to hire for someone to be 
ahead of her, atop of her, despite the team's postseason appearance. What do you make of Kim's departure from the Miami Marlins on the baseball side of things, and how can the NFL learn from this? Now, Jamie, I paid attention to this as clearly you have. And to me, unfortunately, what this certainly appears to be is right in line with a lot of the historical marginalization of women, black people, and anyone from any group of people that comes from a marginalized background. And what we're seeing here is someone who does a great job, is doing the job, again, takes the Marlins to a division champion or to the playoffs first time in years and years and years. But now all of a sudden they want to backfill a position ahead of her. And to me, we've seen this time and time again. And unfortunately, if you listen to all the stories and I've talked to people that are in the know, this is exactly what's happened. I guess the the thing that the NFL can learn from this, not just the NFL, but all other leagues, corporations, businesses, this is not the way to do business. It's just simply not the way to do it. So when you have someone like Kim who's in a position like that and does a great job, just reward the person. Don't continue to find new ways to marginalize the individual. Scott, I love what you're saying. So much respect for you using your voice and your platform just to to uplift and talk about Kim and other people that are in that same position. And Scott, I want to bring it back to football as well. The trade deadline is just a week away from today. Mm. And yesterday we saw Harry Roseman again go out there wheeling and dealing and bringing in Kevin Bayard from the Tennessee Titans. What do you make of this deal and what do you think it can bring to the Eagles? Jason, I love this trade. Actually, I love it for both sides. You know, Rand Carthon, the new GM at the Tennessee Titans, he and Mike Vrabel had a week off, so they have a bye week, so they had time to think about it. And by letting Keith Byard go now, is it going to hurt their football team in the in the immediate? I think it probably will. But here's the reality. They're looking at a situation where he his contract voids at the end of this season. They're midway through the season. He's going to be a free agent. They're not going to be able to get anything other than compensatory pick after the season. So they had to make a move. They're also talking about a tight end, uh, excuse me, a safety that's in his 30s now and someone who has a number of reps. For the Eagles, this is brilliant, right? They're right on the cusp. They're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL right now. They want to continue to be good and better in December and January. They just made a move that is going to make them better in December and January. So to me, when I look at this in its totality, it's one of those trades that you really like where both teams are going to win. Maybe right now it's the Eagles. In the future, it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. Scott, it's fascinating, I think, the Vikings' role in all of this with the trade deadline a week away. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there at 1-4, and four and it's trade cousins, get move on, do this, do that. They won two in a row. They just beat the 49ers, and now they have an easy schedule. So how do you approach the deadline in the sense of maybe we should look to the future or maybe we should just stand pat and get a couple of wins? We can get right back in this thing. It's early. How do you do that philosophically from the front office? Well, Kyle, this is a great question because when you look back, remember several years ago, the way that the trading deadline was set up, it was two weeks earlier. So teams had even tougher decisions to make because they didn't know where they landed or where they were sitting in terms of the future. They didn't know if their team could turn it around. But you're looking at a team like the Minnesota Vikings right now, and it just got tougher. You know, some of the rumors out there yesterday was they were planning to or they were shopping around Danielle Hunter. And he's in the last year of a deal. So they're trying to make this decision. Do we unload him now? Do we wait to the end of the season when he's a free agent because his contract voids? There's so many things. This is why I think there's this camp within the NFL that really wants to push the trading deadline back even further 
so teams can see if they're still going to be in the hunt, if they're still going to be in the fight. But this is a really difficult decision that the Minnesota Vikings have right now. Do they start planning more in the future or do they think that they can make a run? So this is a tough decision, whether it's Cousins, whether it's Hunter, all of their top players. And are they going to be able to resign those players? Do they try to get something now that will help them next year or in the future? Scott? Awesome insight. I, I, I'm thinking about the trade deadline. It used to be, you're right, in the, in the beginning of October. This actually gives us more, but it also gives time for teams to get better and turn around their course. Yeah. It makes it almost more complicated. It's got good exactly stuff. Exactly right. Uh, real quick, what what brings you to Baton Rouge real quick for the viewers at home as we have several So I'm down here. I, I do some consulting work for Brian and for the players on their team. They have me down meeting with players and talking with players as they decide their future. And I do it probably with about six or seven teams, most of them Jamie's SEC, which is where I got to know her a little bit. So I'm down here and I'm going to be meeting with, they have a bye week this week. So I'm, I'm going over some evaluations and talking with some of the players and send, spend a little time with my man BK. Mm. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, go get the chicken parm at Little Village, Scott. And okay. yeah, if you have to take I don't know, Italian Baton Rouge. <laughs> no, trust. Okay, I know the crawfish dip is a delight, but to go with the chicken parm, I, I, I Scott's would a New Yorker. He's like me. Just no, do okay, it. Yeah. Pioli. We're good. We're good. Right? No, do it. Just try it, Scott. Let me know. Seriously. We're not doing chicken parm from Louisiana. Yeah. We're good. I We're trust you. Do it. I, I may, maybe I'll get it to maybe go. I've done that too. Uh, okay, Scott, thank you very much. We should make crawfish parm. Which teams need to clean it up, Jason, in week eight? You got to pick one. Who is it? It's easy. I'm going to Detroit Lions. They oh, yeah. need to clean it up. They need to get angry. They need to do all of these different things to figure out what went wrong in Baltimore this past week. And they showed up. And I know Lamar Jackson was incredible. But this is a really good defense. Jared Goff has been outstanding at the quarterback position for them so far this year. The Detroit Lions are a good football team. They laid an egg this past Sunday. They have to show up Monday night. They have the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Don't know who they're going to get. Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it going to be Aiden O'Connell? They shouldn't. They don't know. They don't care. They have to go out there and figure out what went wrong and fix it. Clean it up. Get a Tide Pod. Get the little stick to get the stain. Like out of your stick. jersey, whatever you have to do, they have to figure something out because that wasn't the Lions. It feels team. like a different year that we were doing oh. Lions Week last week, and yeah. we're wearing the jerseys and we're crowning the Lions. That's how quick the NFL turns. So fast, they got their doors blown off. There is no one on the bandwagon. Are they able to take a thing going again? Mm. I love Tide. I think that's a great segment because we always have a team that has to clean it up, and it has a it has a, a pristine feel to it. If you're gonna mm-hmm. turn things around for your team, you know who cleaned things up with uh, with some Tide? The Crimson Tide. They, they got they got it ready. Yeah, they did. I mean, they're, they're fine now. They're a little rocky. They like, <laughs> cleaned it up with some Tide. Early, Crimson right? Tide. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.